What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with me and my dad, where we talk about the post-jazz game. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad. Another episode of After the Game. Spencer, what a game tonight. The Jazz win their fourth in a row. They beat a really good Cleveland Cavaliers team 109 to 108. Beat up on our old friend Ricky Rubio. And uh, we get a win. What a great game. Spencer, any initial thoughts about tonight? What a barn burner. So we talked about this last um, last podcast. The Cavaliers are a good team on paper, on record. They have a better record than Boston, who gave us a hard night the other night. So this was going to be a battle. We knew it was going to be a battle. And even though the, the Cavaliers don't really have any all-stars that stand out, they still have a good team with Ricky Rubio and Lori Macronin and um, some of their other players. And they came out and performed well. That's not to say the Jazz didn't play great as well. Um, what were your big takeaways from the Jazz this time? Because we were without Whiteside, who is our backup center. So now we don't have a backup center, meaning we're going to have to play another smaller lineup. And, and we not only are you playing a small lineup, good shout out and a good point about um, not having Whiteside, but we're playing a team that's really big. These guys started yeah. two seven-footers, if not three, with Lori Markinen in there. Um, in Mobley and Jared Allen and Laurie Market. And so a really big team that looked like they might give us fits, but there were stretches in this game where we were up 11 points. And so I was really proud of the Jazz. One takeaway here amongst many is the Jazz without Whiteside only went eight deep tonight. So you hmm. didn't see the two or three minutes from Butler tonight. You didn't see any minutes from Forrest tonight. You didn't see Whiteside, and so you had eight guys playing a lot of Mitch, a lot of minutes. Mitchell almost played 40 minutes. That's a lot for him. Gobert, 38 minutes. O'Neal, 37 minutes. You had Rudy Gay come in and get you a good 19 minutes. So uh, just a, a great, great all-around team, team effort. That said, Donovan Mitchell finished with 35 points, three rebounds, and six assists. Rudy Gobert only has six points. And on a night when he has six points, you go, oh, this is going to be really tough. But they win. He had 20 rebounds and wow. five block shots against, like you said, a really good Cleveland Cavalier team. I think it was 13 and 10 coming in tonight. I really liked what David Locke said on um, Locked on Jazz. These next few games are against that clump of teams that are 11 and 10, 12 and 10, 13 and 10, 10 and 10. And they're not bad teams. They're all really, really good teams. We go into, a Cle and into Cleveland on the road, a team that's playing well, and we beat them. Yeah, I think they had won four in a row where they were on a winning streak. So Cleveland's pretty good. To, to touch in on, on Cleveland's side, um, Darius, Darius Garland, who plays for the Cavaliers, averages is about 19 points a game. Tonight he had 31. So he played really well and um, played the point guard position and really took it to us. And it was kind of hard to stop his drives and everything. But overall, the, the, each team shot fairly well. If you look at Mitchell, he scores, I think, 15 or 16 points in the first quarter. So it's unusual for, for Mitchell to have a strong start. But that kind of gave the Jazz some good confidence throughout the whole game. We never really went down by too much. We had the lead most of the game. So it was scary towards the end where it came down to the buzzer. But I think this game was in control by Mitchell. And it was also very heavily impacted by Gobert. And even though those stats don't line up with a superstar night for Gobert, it did seem like he was playing at a superstar level just because of his presence on the court. Good points. Good points. Yeah. Our two all-stars really did well. Um, Conley had a, 
a quiet night considering he's had some really breakout nights of late 11 points, two rebounds, six assists, but you got to hand it to the jazz again, a full team win here. And you made the mention of the name Darius Garland. What a game by Darius Garland, man. You could see after the game on the TV, you saw Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland chatting up and it's fun to see Donovan go from his rookie season to his fifth season when he was the Darius Garland and players were coming up to him saying, what a game, keep it up, be good. Now Donovan, even though he's still young, is passing along that insight to young players. And I really, really like that a lot. I will tell you, I haven't watched the Cavs play at all this season. Generally, where I have an NBA league pass, I'm able to watch a lot of games. But for some reason, I haven't picked up on the Cavaliers. I've read about them. I've seen what they've been doing. But I really like them tonight. I really like this team. And that just makes it even a bigger win in my mind. Evan Mobley, the rookie, had 14 points, 12 rebounds, and three assists. If he doesn't get a strong nod for rookie of the year, I don't know who will because he looked really, really good tonight. Yeah, and, and just to mention some of the Jazz players, Rudy Gay played really well. I think he stepped up when he needed to be had 15 points. We made 23 pointers, which is good. Um, we're shooting about 48 three pointers. So we're shooting the most, but we're also making the most three pointers in the league. But you mentioned earlier that we only went eight deep. What, what does that say about Trent Forrest and the way Quinn Snyder views Trent Forrest? I think it's a game by game. I wouldn't want to read too much into this about Forrest or Butler. I think it's a game by game decision. And tonight it just, there just was not a moment where I think Quinn felt comfortable putting in Forrest or Butler. And as we've talked in past episodes, or maybe as my mind's thought through this, those minutes by Forrest have been really weak of late. I'm not upset at him. I'm not saying he's not a player because last year he proved invaluable when um, Conley was out and Mitchell was out, but gosh, a great question. He didn't get in. And I, I just think that the game dictates that a little bit. And tonight it was just too close of a matchup. And if you put Forrest in, then you continue to be small. Um, So maybe Quinn was thinking to stay big. What, What did you think about Cleveland and have you seen him play? And what do you like about them? So I, I like that they're mixing it up. They've had some interesting um, lineups. It's funny to think that they were the team that won it all a couple of years ago and just the turnaround they've had. But they're, they have some yeah, that's potential. Yeah, think- that's called LeBron James, right? And I don't, I don't yeah. even know if any of these players, I guess Kevin Love is left from that championship team. Yeah. Maybe um, Omri, did he play tonight? Yeah, I mean – um, Osmond might have, I can't remember if he was part of that championships team, but, uh, yeah, completely different team, but you're right. Um, they, it's they, funny. Yeah. So Kevin Love only made one three pointer. Uh, he's kind of had an interesting season or career his entire, yeah, I, mean, I don't know about him. Here's the hard, here's the hard part about Kevin Love. Um, he's made a ton of money, a ton of money. Yeah. He had a great start to his career in Minnesota and it's just kind of been a little, uh, sense right he did get the nba championship he was instrumental in helping the team win that championship to a degree but he's also um passed through some some mental challenges uh anxiety uh so you know for him to still be in the league and be out there and cheering for his teammates i saw him early on in the game when he was not playing coming off the bench cheering for his teammates it says a lot about the man versus the athlete 
Um, if you'd want to talk about the athlete, it's just a big, I think for me, his career will be a big question mark. He was so lethal with the Timberwolves and then okay with the Cavs and yet has made a ton of money. He made a lot of money for sure. That's, that's definitely been a topic of discussion around the league about his money and his involvement, especially when he left the NBA, not the NBA, the, the gold medal team over the Olympics. But I did want to mention the, for those that didn't really get a good chance to watch the game, towards the end of the game, we talk about the impact in the last seven minutes. It looked like the refs kind of let us play. And we talk about the refs sometimes in a negative way. Um, we try not to, but I, I like that. There was a couple of times where we had the ball and drove and the ball just went out of bounds and we were looking for a call and it just didn't come. And on the opposite end, there was times where they ran into us or we ran into them and there was just no call made. And I like that. There was no calls made down the end of the stretch that you could argue should have been called or would have been called by other officials, especially in the last minute of the game when Cleveland had the ball. They, it, they had a couple of extra chances and looked like they might have traveled, looked like they might have um, got away with a few things when they got their last shot off. That was a pretty far three-pointer. But I like that refs let players play and don't blow their whistle towards the end of the game. So I just wanted to make note of that. And if you watch the last possession by Cleveland, I think Garland had the ball and he went. It looked like he traveled, but then he gave the ball back up. And, and then he came back and was able to take the last shot. It looked like when he missed the three from when he took it was from like the logo. But it even looked like Gobert almost tipped it back in. But I looked like Gobert knew what he was doing, had 20 rebounds tonight. So he was dominating on the board and was able to stop them from getting another shot off, which, which helped us win the game. Yeah, a couple of things there. You're right. That last scramble last seven seconds of the game even though it was 17 seconds when they took it out of bounds came down to that last shot by garland and was online just came off a little bit and gobert went up to get the rebound and almost helped the ball back in but it showed between him and um royce o'neill they really fought knew they had to punch that ball somehow and keep it on the ground and what a good feeling to see us come away with a victory where it could have been a heartbreaker similar to the memphis grizzlies it has been in the past yeah where we've <laughs> Two yeah. games where we just watched the ball go in at the buzzer. Yeah, I, I will tell you one thing that as you were talking about the referees letting us play, we're just going to break a little something down here for about 30 seconds. The Jazz have been beat this season sometimes by younger teams when you find them complaining and wanting a foul and the other team is off and running. And mm -hmm. there's been some articles written about it. And there's something to be said when you're a veteran – you're wanting the calls, looking for the calls, expecting the calls. Right. And let's talk about the Utah Jazz. Mike Conley, all-star veteran. Donovan Mitchell, still young, but a veteran, all-star. Rudy Gobert, veteran. Boyan Bogdanovich, veteran. Royce O'Neal, veteran. Rudy Gay, veteran. Jordan Clarkson, veteran. Hassan Whiteside, veteran. So what I'm trying to say is it actually plays in the favor of a younger team because yes. they're like, I'm not going to get a call, so I'm not going to whine about it. But our team has got in that mode of whining just a touch because we expect the calls now that we're good and older. And yet what has changed in these last four wins, I believe, has someone has got to the Jazz, maybe it's Coach Snyder, and said, stop complaining. Turn around, yeah. get back on defense, be the young scrappy team, right? When we play these young scrappy teams, they don't whine or witch or moan about calls because they know they're not going to get them. They're not veterans. So that's an interesting twist and take on this. And you're right. The referees let us play. I think we decided let's play. Let's not whine. And it made a difference. 
Very true. And I like that Mitchell kind of stepped up and got the ball in his hands at the end of the game. It, it, it was awkward when he sometimes he you can anticipate his last drive and he drove up by three. I think it was one oh nine to or maybe it was one oh nine, one oh eight, actually, at the time. And he drove and just got blocked. But at least he wanted to take control of the moment. It did seem like it was pretty tele, telepath that he was going to go and drive and try to do a right handed layup from the left side which is kind of hard to do without getting blocked. But, I mean, it worked out because we were able to play defense and, and, and not worry about the and not worry about them making the last shot. But overall, I think the Jazz played well, and I'm glad that Mitchell had a good night and, and wanted the ball at the end of the game. Absolutely right. You wrote a note during the game, let's, in, in Mitchell we trust, or let's, let's trust Mitchell down the stretch. And, again, ended up with another stellar night. You're going to win most of the time in the NBA. You're going to win with your superstars and you're going to lose with your superstars. There's a, a very famous commercial by Nike that shows Jordan methodically walking into an arena. And there's a monologue saying I've scored this many points. I've had this many rebounds. I've taken the last shot this many times and missed 30 in a row, but it just takes mm-hmm. one. Right. So the greats, you're, again, you're going to win with your all-star and probably lose with your all-star. I can't fault Donovan for driving. But, I mean, this team starts two legit centers in my mind. The rookie and Evan Mobley, who's really good. And I've always liked Jared Allen when he was with the Brooklyn Nets. So you got to give you got to give it to Cleveland. I want to see them stay tough in the East. They're fifth in the East right now, sixth in the East. I'd love to see them get a playoff spot without a play-in just because I really like their team tonight. And they're playing without Sexton, who was their previous point guard, who I think went down with a with an ACL or some, some injury that's going to keep him out the rest of the season. So Cleveland's actually built something pretty special if they can hang on to all these young players. Yeah, that's a good point. I do like Cleveland a lot. And and um, we got to give us another shout-out to Gobert for playing really well. I, I He really controlled the rebounds and controlled the paint tonight, and that's – one of the big reasons why we won. So it's yeah. good. And I hope we can keep it going because now we moved to Minnesota, um, play them on Wednesday. And Minnesota also has um, some, some, uh, some talent there. It looks like Patrick Beverly might be out for that game. And I, then, I haven't been following Beverly. So maybe I haven't really been following if he's there. I mean, the main player for, who's really starting to come on strong for Minnesota is Carl Anthony Towns. I've always liked Carl yeah. Anthony Towns other than I don't know the winner mentality in Carl Anthony Towns. He has a lot of talent um, yet mentally. I don't know how strong he is. I don't know why I'm even questioning that. I'm sure he is, but Minnesota's playing well again, another team that's 11 and 12. I don't know what they're doing tonight. And by the time we roll in to Minnesota to play them, they might be 500, but it's, it's, it's one of those teams that's kind of clumped together in the West and or the East that all are really good teams. Parity with a capital P is big in the NBA this year, but also the, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves have um, D'Angelo Russell. So he's been mm. around the league. Um, it's a good team. So it'd be fun to see. And they have um, Ant-Man, uh, Anthony, who is the number one pick of a few years ago. So you can't rest right now. And I'm so happy that jazz beat a good Boston team and actually beat even a better Cleveland Cavaliers team. 
Yeah, so hopefully we can beat the the um, Minnesota. Hopefully we can beat them. I think Carl Anthony Towns is really good, and he does like playing hard against Gobert and playing hard against the Jazz. Like most teams, they get up to play against the Jazz. So it'll be a good confidence booster to beat them. And if we can win, we have three more road games now. If we can at least win two more or win them all, then, then that would be great because – like I said, it's it's big to win at home, but when we went on the road, it's just a extra motivation to keep our streak going, and we're, we're sitting pretty good right now in the Western Conference. Yeah, when you go back in the season, and I like how you say we're sitting pretty good. You go back in the season, it's, it's this is bad because I can't remember, but we got beat on a last-second shot somewhat by Jaron Jackson and the Memphis Grizzlies, and then we got beat by another team on a last-second shot Shortly thereafter, in was, that homestand. Do you remember? Man, I think it was uh, Pelicans. Right, right. That was our last loss, right? By mm-hmm. by Graham, and we, so those two wins could have gone either way. If those, it's this is a big if game. It's crazy. If those two wins go either way, we're actually sitting at eighteen and five, and you're one game behind the Warriors and the Suns. We didn't play right. so well on the back-to-back in Miami and Orlando, but if you play better in Orlando and you win that game, you know, you're the same as the Warriors in the, in the face. And now every team can play the what-if game. So I'm silly that I'm even doing it. But for those Jazz fans that are listening to this podcast, you know, we're 16 and seven, three full games behind two of the best teams in the league in Golden State and Phoenix. And um, I think we're kind of hitting our stride. What do you think, Spencer, over these last four games? Yeah, we're definitely hitting our stride, but the Jazz can get comfortable a little too quick. But I do think we overcame a slump, and a slump where we made a critical decision to be winners and to win games. And obviously, each team wants to win, but it's different this time. It's it's different because we realized that we have the potential. We weren't reaching our potential. We're losing to teams that weren't even that great. And we realized we need to win every game no matter or play hard every single game, no matter what the team is, no matter what the record is that we're playing against. So I think we've hit our stride, but I think it's even more than that. I think it's a different type of determination. We have the talent. I think we're the team with the most potential just because our team is so de- deep. We have so much talent that when played at its highest potential can beat pretty much any team in the league, which is saying a lot since this is the best the NBA has seen in a long time. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. Um just worry about ourselves. I think if we start trying to catch up on where other teams are placing and looking around, then we lose kind of our focus. And then we have to play the what if game and we have to play, Oh, what if they, what if Denver loses? What if the Mavericks lose? And then that's not good. Just, just say, Hey, we're going to win every game and just think about that. And that's where it comes down to. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy with where the jazz are. And you make a good point on saying just, you know, do your job basically and win the games you should win and fight as best you can. And if you lose, you lose tonight. There are three other games happening. Um, one in progress are the Hornets are visiting the Hawks. Hawks are up uh, near the end of the or midway through the first. We actually in these, these games of the clump games, I, I I'm calling them before we get to the break or not to the break before the holidays. Um, we actually go and play Charlotte. Charlotte's 13 and 11. Hawks are 12 and 11, right? After tonight, they could be 13 and 12 and both teams in one 13, 11. So the, that's the league right now. There's just a, a, a big clump of teams that are all about the same, but we're going to play Charlotte at some point in time 
on the road here soon. And LaMelo Ball is really having a great season uh, in his second season. And then two other games tonight, the Wizards are at the Raptors, just barely started. Raptors are up three. And then the, the one that I don't know how many people would tune into are the Pelicans and the Rockets, which is kind of a disastrous game tonight. Very true. Well, the Jazz are playing where we need them to play. I think overall we're doing well. I'm looking forward to our Christmas Day game against the Mavericks as well. So um, hopefully they can keep going. I, I know the league's kind of heating up a little bit and teams are falling into where they're going to be for the for the rest of the season, but it's definitely going to be a tight one. Everybody seems to be playing at a very good level and trading games. But, um, yeah, there's definitely some talks around the league, uh, players that are in their social lives and stuff like that. So it's always fun to keep up with them. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? I think this has been great. Uh, two great wins by the Jazz at home against Boston. They come out on the road and beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now they take uh, a few days off and and uh, get ready to go into Minnesota and face another good team. These are This is a true test for the Jazz. They might not have the record of the Warriors and the Suns. Uh, however, boy, they, they're, they're looking good in their last four games, and I'm happy for them as a team. Jordan Clarkson struggled tonight. There's one thing that I was like, ugh, there's just some games where, you know, it, it's just not happening. There was a great comment. I listened to um, a podcast this weekend where – uh, David Locke was talking about Jordan Clarkson and there's a saying in, in, in the league that some guys are just shooters, right? We know Jordan Clarkson's a shooter that he, that the saying goes, man, that guy, he gets off the bus and he's looking for a shot. And that's just a way to say the minute his feet touch the ground and he's ready to go into the game, they're shooting. Right. But right. there's a great statement. Um, Luke Walton said about Jordan Clarkson. He said, Clarkson gets off the bo- off the bus and thinks he's hot. And so yeah. there's a difference between gets off the bus looking for a shot. You're absolutely right. Every time Jordan Clarkson gets in the game, he thinks he's going to shoot seven for seven or 10 for 10. And he just keeps he shooting until that streak happens. But um, rough like night it. tonight for JC. Would love to see him get a string of games, five, seven, eight, 10, 12 games, where he can really find his rhythm. Because when he does, and he does that, It'll put the jazz on a whole new level. I don't have to have it go the rest of the season, but I think for his confidence, I'd love for Clarkson to find again, five, eight, 10, 12 games where he really locks in. Yeah, me too. He's one of the best. At it. All right. Well, overall jazz are in a good spot right now. So thanks for, thanks for chatting, dad. All right. Thanks Spencer. See you.